This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. <laughs> hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine Fury, aka the Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race, bi-gendered, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 168, and I'm laughing because as soon as I hit record, my cat started going off in the background, and I can hear her through the walls, and it sounds like she's saying, hello, hello, and it's very distracting, but she was quiet until I hit record. It was like always the fucking way. Anyways, sorry, whatever. We're back. We are back from hiatus. Um, <sighs> y'all. This was not a restful hiatus. Um, so if, if you've been with me for a while, you know this, but for those of you that are fairly new, I take a mental health hiatus every three months um, throughout the year as a way to kind of recalibrate and kind of get myself back because for a long time, it's not so much the case now, although it still can be on occasion, but for a long time during the show, I would be hearing such heavy stories from my guess that um I didn't have a place to push it I wasn't I wasn't processing the stories that I was receiving afterwards and so I started to get like really pent up and it was it would push towards my depression because I wasn't um processing some of these some of the feelings that I was feeling as a result of some of the heavier stories that I've received on this show um at some point, things kind of transitioned away from that. And predominantly uh, now, a lot of the stories are mostly positive or, or generally happy um, with the occasional. Yeah, it was difficult for this, this and this. But for the most part, being mixed hasn't caused as much trials and tribulations as my on my more recent guests than it had in the past. And so it's not as heavy anymore as it used to be or maybe I'm just getting more practiced at being able to process these stories a lot quicker now and so I don't kind of get weighted down by them as I used to but what I had started doing a couple of years ago was take these mental health hiatuses once every three months three months on one month off as a way for me to get myself back so that I could be the best main that I needed to be for my guests and um, I will never not do that, I think. I, I tried to stop doing it during the first year of the pandemic because I felt like everybody needed something to hold on to. And so I just took that upon myself for the mixed race audience. Like, I'm going to be here. But I really struggled after, I think, eight straight months or something without a break. And so I ended up starting to take my, my hiatuses again. 
And then last year, of course, I took a bunch of hiatuses, which didn't have anything to do with necessarily mental health. It mostly had to do with um, my upcoming move to Houston and all the craziness surrounding me um, trying to work full time and do podcasting and work on the shop remotely during that time. So 2021 was a really tough year. 2022 has not really been um, a difficult year, but it has been a very heavily emotional year. And so I have been really struggling with depression this year in a in a way that I did not struggle last year. Um, I had a couple little bouts here and there uh, last year, but um, as I've talked about before, I struggle with two different forms of depression. One is chronic persistent depression, meaning that I am always in a state of depression on a chemical level, well, I am always depressed, but I can have good days. I can have bad days. I can have regular days and be very functional during it. Um, but you know, it's always present. And then I have major depression. And so major depression sometimes is way bigger and sometimes it's, it's a little bit more minor, but what it means is that there's something in particular that is weighing me down during a period of time. And that period of time can last a couple months or it can last years and before I started Militantly Mixed, I was in the midst of a multiple year depression, major depression, that basically had me laying on the couch and not functioning. Um, so there was a, a, a year that I was, practically an entire year that I was laying on the couch um, during a time when my husband could support us financially. And then I got up, I got back to work, and then... Um, I had been laid off under circumstances that were really painful for me. And so it happened again. And what dug me out, so it was nearly, it was like 18 months that I was struggling with this second bout of it. Um, and then I started working towards the show and that's what got me off the couch. So ever since starting Militantly Mixed, I have not had a very significant depression, a bout of major depression that has, that has leveled me. I have managed to be functional within my depression for the last four years or nearly four years as a result of doing this show, which is very significant for me because I've been a person that has suffered depression my entire life. Um, even before diagnosis, I knew something was off about me my whole life. And so now that I know what I suffer from, it's a lot easier to manage. That being said, Sometimes I can't be strong. Sometimes I can't push through it. I can't be resilient, don't want to be resilient. And, um, and sometimes I really struggle functioning. And so to try to prevent that, I do these mental health hiatuses once a quarter to try to both process what I receive from stories from Militantly Mixed, but also stave off or deal with whatever things I'm dealing with within my depression during that time. This mental health hiatus, though, in April 2022, I did not fucking have time for depression. I was working. And so while I am struggling, and even today I'm struggling, so I'm really putting on energy right now to be able to do this episode. But because things have been pretty tough for the last couple of weeks. But I want to tell you about all these amazing things that I've been going through this month for the show that I'm really excited about. And then at the same time, I am massively depressed and I want to crawl under the couch. So that's where I'm at right now with my mental health. So, yes, yeah, so I'm going to say that April was not a mental health hiatus. April was a straight up 
Charmaine's busy and got to do work hiatus. And, um, and so I am actually going to dip for a week, um, which is why I'm recording this early. Um, but you, you're going to hear it on Tuesday on the regular day, but I'm actually recording this, um, on a Thursday, the previous week, because I got to get this done and out because I'm going to dip and I'm going radio silent for a, a, about a week from everybody. I'm going to be solo for a week just to get my, just to get my head right. So y'all probably won't hear from me. I'll try to schedule some, some, um, social media posts so that y'all are aware of the episode and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm, I'm not going to be answering emails, phone calls, um, DMs. I'm not, I'm just going radio silent for a week. Um, so let me tell y'all what's been happening. Uh, when you last heard from me prior to the hiatus starting, I had told you that I was about to enter my last few days at Gulf Coast Cosmos, my comic book shop here in Houston, um, and then turning over my co-ownership 100% over to Byron Kennedy, my friend and business partner for Gulf Coast Cosmos. And then I was anticipating it being a very hard couple of days um, because while I, I still, and I will still say this, the reason I had to leave was based in logic and reason. And it makes sense, um, both strategically for the shop and financially for the shop and, um, strategically for my podcasting as well. But I still anticipated it being very emotional because I had cried a bunch leading up to making the decision and then actually communicating that decision across, you know, to Byron and to other people and then eventually to y'all. Um, it has been emotional. Those few days were really tough to, to the degree that I almost didn't want to show up because uh, I tend to turtle when I get really sad about things and I just wanted to turtle during the, those days. But I pushed through. I, I went to the shops on the days that I had to go to the shop. And then my final day was Saturday, March 26th. Um, I had a cosplay going away party thing that I was starting to get really anxious that it was going to be a party party. But luckily, we just managed to have a chill geek meet like we normally do at the shop once a month. We just happened to be in cosplay and I just happened to be leaving the shop. So the people that showed up for that event were, were the friends that I have made like really, truly made friends of not just customers of the shop, but primarily the people that had showed up were people that had become my friends and that I've continued to hang out with outside of the shop since coming here. And it was just so nice. Um, there was a couple of people that I, I hang out with and I, I really care about that didn't get a chance to be there, but the the ones that were there... Um, were all very thoughtful, you know, dressed in cosplay, was there for the hugs and the support. And, um, and it was just really, really nice to, to have that, even though I've only been in Houston for eight months at this, at that point, And, um, you know, I'm not a, I haven't been a long-term fixture here in Houston, but people really care about what Byron and I created with Gulf Coast Cosmos and beyond just caring about the shop, they care about us as individuals as well. And so they really turned up for me and I, I was, I was emotional. I had to, I had to fight off tears a couple times. Um, you know, I don't like to cry in front of people. Um, but it was fun. I dressed up as a femme gambit. Um, and that was fun. Uh, one of my friends there was Psylocke. I had a Yasuke. 
we had uh, Commissioner Gordon. Um, there was a Miles there. Uh, gosh, it's been a month now, so I got to think about who all was there. Um, there's a couple other... Oh, Shaggy, like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Uh, yeah, so there's pictures on my The Blasian Blurred Instagram if you want to see it. And then also Gulf Coast Cosmos on the shop site. There were some pictures from it too from March. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. And it was a great, a great way to end my time um, because immediately after that, we left the shop, you know, closed it up. My keys got handed over to Abdu. And then I got in the car. I went home, finished packing, and then I got on a plane to L.A. the next day. My L.A. trip was very brief, but it was everything I needed it to be um, because I was really, really homesick. Uh, I, As much as I am a nomad and love to move around, I've never missed a place as much as I've missed L.A. And I, I, was, I really missed it, and I needed to get back. So I got off the plane and went straight to the beach, like – Got off the plane, got my rental car, changed in my rental car, got on the beach, my regular beach that I go to every, you know, used to go to every Saturday, and I was chilling, and it was great. I also met with somebody who is going to be handling some um, PR stuff and media stuff for me, and that is a really big deal and a really big step because I'm transitioning over from, you know, being just an independent podcaster which I'm not saying in a bad way I'm really saying like that was my resources to being an independent podcaster with resources now and um and so in the coming months you're going to start seeing my social media transition a little bit more professionally and um and some updates that'll be coming hopefully to the websites and and things like that to that keep us um on a more active and professional level uh, and I also got a chance to have a amazing dinner with some of my favorite mixed content creators and friends in LA. Um, we, and not everybody knew each other. Everybody was connected to me and some people were connected to each other, but not everybody that was there knew each other. And so they were coming together, um, to meet kind of for the first time. And, um, and it was, it was something I've fantasized about forever, a chance to just like have a, like, you know, a monthly dinner or something like that with uh, with some mixed folks that I'm connected to because of the show. And this was the first time I got to to do something like that. It was a, it was a lot of fun, amazing. We were all basically family right away uh, because you know once you're a part of Militantly Mixed Family, you are a cousin. So it was just a really nice dinner full of cousins. And then there is a thing that I did there that I can't talk about yet. I have uh, probably alluded to it in a couple different places, but um, but the other thing that I did while I was in L.A., I will disclose a little bit later um, in the summer. Uh, but that happened also. I also even, like, went back to my home high school, my high school and my hometown, Long Beach, um, and kind of walked around a little bit just to kind of reconnect and and see uh my my neighborhood has changed quite a bit gentrification is real and um I didn't get a chance to go to the beach more than one time but I I booked a couple speaking engagements while I was there and I also um yep that's the other one I can't talk about so there's two things that I can't talk about that happened while I was in LA but all in all I was there for two and a half super packed busy days and all of the things were great everything was good I I came back from LA 
just feeling the shit out of myself, which I can't say very often because I'm I'm not really like that. But I was I was like, you know, the world is mine basically during um during that week. And then instantly from from that, by the time I got home, I think I took a day rest and then I just started it to hit the ground again. And um there are a few articles that I've been interviewed for recently that will be dropping in the next month or so. Um uh, for for some kind of great like high level publications that I never expected to to be involved in, um, I also got a chance over the course of April to speak at a major university. Which, if you listened to last week's episode, it's the Q and A from the major university that's name gets bleeped out. Um, they are allowing me to use that file as long as I bleep out any of the identifying things. That being said, I have talked about where I was I was going to be at prior to that. It's figure outable if you're a, a regular audience member of the show, but um, but I understand in terms of using the footage, they needed it to be stripped of the school thing because it wasn't coming out in official school capacity. Uh, so I got to do that during April. I got to moderate a panel on uh, representation and comics at the BIPOC Book Festival here in Houston. And I had a great panel. One of one of the panelists is a friend of mine from the comic book shop, Lane Fobbs. He does a book called Becky, a graphic novel book called Becky, which is like a shapeshifter, demon possession type of book, a, a horror book with um, predominant black characters, uh, predominantly black characters. And uh, and so we 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 sell his book at Gulf Coast Cosmos, and he's become a friend over the course of the time I've been here. And so I had invited him to be on the panel with me. My additional panelists. Fung Ha from the Asian Society of Texas, who talked primarily about, um, you know, education through comics and and representation that's important related to that, and also um, manga and the East Asian versions of comics, uh, manhwa, I believe, Korean and and Chinese um, manga, I guess, would be called manhwa, uh, and then my other panelist Samantha from UT talked about from an indigenous and and latin x platform about like the importance of education and curating spaces um predominantly for people of color within that and sharing stories and and converting our oral traditions into comic books as well and so uh it was just it was a really really great panel some folks some some customers from Gulf Coast Cosmos showed up to support me there as well and friends that I have made since I've been here it was a really great event and actually the BIPOC book festival was like a really had a really great turnout um, for something that had just started this was the first year it had done it so I mean I'm here as long as I'm in Houston I will always be uh, a present at the BIPOC book festival and and try to lend support to them so um shout out to Brittany and uh Jondria for um inviting me to, to participate in that and, and handle that. I had so much fun doing that. Um, and then again, there's a lot of stuff that I did over the, over this time that I, that I'm not able to talk about yet, or I can kind of allude to it, but, um, for the most part, I was busy the entire month. Um, the first two weeks were extremely busy. The third week slowed down. And when that happened, I got sad. Like, that's when it hit me. I was no longer a co-owner of Gulf Coast Cosmos, and the grief set in really hard that third week of the of the break. 
Um, and I struggled to peel myself off the couch. I still managed to get some work done, but I was at a much slower pace and, um, the way it just, it just kept hitting in waves and I had to like pick myself up and like get myself back into it so that I could do, um, the speaking engagements, but, um, which kind of helped me, you know, break, break the pain cycle for a few days. And then once that was over, it hit again. So the last couple of weeks of this uh, hiatus has been emotionally very difficult because I'm I'm finally confronting the fact that I did have this dream for well before I had the podcast dream to open a comic book shop that was predominantly catering to black and brown people. And um, and I really just thought that was going to be my life, you know, um, but when I started to realize that the it was going to be harder to maintain um, the shop and even to the degree that I think it actually puts the shop at risk if we had to be responsible for two salaries for owners, which we already knew, we already anticipated, but we thought we could kind of drag it out for a couple more years. Um, it just got a lot harder to be able to do to do that. And eventually, like legally, it becomes very difficult to like not pay people, uh, even owners. Um, so it like strategically made a lot of sense. Financially, it made a lot of sense. Emotionally, it was gut wrenching. But while that was all happening, and what I didn't share a couple months ago when I announced I was leaving the shop because I really wasn't, I hadn't really formulated it all. I didn't really know how to talk about it yet. I was starting to realize that I felt more joyful when I pressed record, when I was podcasting, than I felt doing anything else that I was doing. And mind you, this year, since I've left LA and been in Houston, everything I do has been joyful. The comic book shop was joyful. It wasn't a burden. It was my dream to be able to be in an environment in which I got to talk about and hang out and be around comics all day, every day. That was, that's what I thought like my, you know, my utopia was really going to be. And, and while it was very joyful and I had so much fun, even on days where I had to do inventory or, you know, had to order something or whatever, even on those days, it was very, very joyful. But what I realized kind of in December, early January, the feeling that I felt when I pressed record was exponentially more joyful and I, I had intended to commit to the shop for about five years before I transitioned into either opening my own branch or, um, or like, say, podcasting had picked up a lot by then and I would go full-time into podcasting. So, so I had an exit strategy. We wrote in an exit strategy in our business plan. We just wrote it in, like, two years into the future. Um, but where we were... It needed to be one owner, and I was starting to really just find far more joy in podcasting than I was finding in anything else. So it was weird. This is the first time in my life that I left something I loved to do something that I loved, whereas every other transition of my life has been leaving something that was a burden or leaving something that I didn't like that much to do something else I really didn't like that much but needed to do to pay the bills. This is the first time in my life, and it is so fucking weird, to leave something you love and really have no 
no emotional reason for leaving, even if like, logically it made sense to leave, for something else that like I have so much joy doing and I was already doing prior, prior to the shop. So it feels very weird because I feel like I sh I f I've been programmed by leaving things that I hated or leaving things that were a burden or leaving things on bad terms to find something better. And this is the first time in my life I left something good for something good. It's, it, it's, it's, it fucks with me. I don't know what else to say. It just fucks with me. It's so weird. Um, but I'm trying to be okay with it. I'm trying to be okay with, I guess, like reframing what it means to quit something. Like, I don't feel like I quit the shop. I feel like my season came to an end. And shout out to Crimson for that because Crimson told me a story about himself, about a season that he participated in something. And when it ended, it hurt. But then afterwards, he was like, my, I was there for a season and then my season came to an end. And since he said that to me, I've been able to reframe this as Gulf Coast Cosmos is mine also. It is a shared creation of Byron Kennedy and Charmaine Fury. It will never not be my creation, partially my creation. That being said, I was there for a season. That season was about creating the shop and getting it up and running, getting it up on its feet. And now my season's come to an end. And while that is really um, emotional for me, I'm so proud. God, that came on real quick. I'm so proud of what we did. And I'm, I, I know that at least I, I won't come to the end of my life regretting never trying to start a comic book shop. Um, what I didn't expect to happen, and this is a part that I'm struggling with pretty heavily. What I didn't expect to happen is that I would ever want to not do it if that makes sense. I was doing something I love and enjoyed so much, but also I, I got to a place where I didn't want to do that if it meant that I couldn't podcast as much as I wanted to podcast. Don't know why. But that's the reality. I... I've I've grown to enjoy podcasting so much. It's so uh, affirming for me. It's so fulfilling for me to do um, the work that I've been able to to do through Militantly Mixed. The other things I get to do in addition to podcasting through Militantly Mixed, in particular, and the other shows in also in addition to, but in particular, Militantly Mixed. I owe I owe all to the moment I decided to press record. And so I'm so happy, even though I'm feeling very, even though my depression is very high, high right now, I have never been so happy in my life to finally be doing something that I love, something that I'm doing under my own steam, something that I am not beholden to anybody but myself for. I mean, in a, in, in a, in a kind of a way, in an intangible way, I'm beholden to y'all, to the audience, to keep this going. 
but in a in a real like tangible way in a realistic way it's a, it's on me to do this and i've been doing it and i've pushed through some very difficult things over the last 4 years to keep this going and now for the first time in my life this is the only thing i'm obligated to do and i'm only obligated to myself to do it and the relief that i feel not having a boss or not having a person who I have to share major responsibility with, that I can do this entire thing under my own decisions, under my own steam, under my own desires. I never thought I was going to be able to get to that point. And even though I'm not making money at it yet and I'm, I'm not able to pay my own bills at it yet, I'm luckily stable enough with my partner, you know, my husband, to be able to pay the bills so that I can do this. And I am 100% responsible to myself right now. And I never, never, never thought that was going to happen. And I'm so excited about that. And what I'm grateful to y'all as my audience for is that you've given me a way to make this possible. Because if you weren't listening to the show, I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't have a reason besides just my own desire to do it. And so I, I want to thank you, especially people that have listened from the beginning, but for the people who find the show and stick with it or share the show with other people and help me expand this audience, um, who listen to the show and invite me to speak at your organizations or listen to the show and write articles about what we're doing or listen to the show and invite me to be on a, uh, a, a committee or um, a conference or something like that. Like this, this has gone well beyond the dream that I originally had when I started the show. And I'm, I'm so excited. I'm just so excited about the next chapter and I'm in it right now. I'm in the next chapter right now. I'm doing it. I wake up, and I get to podcast. That's the thing I get to do. I don't have to punch a clock. I don't have to go to a job. I don't have to be HR anymore until we start making enough money for me to hire people. I'm just, I'm in the best place that I could ever possibly be. Um, and I honestly have always struggled prioritizing my desires or my wants or my needs over others and I'm doing that right now and it's very uncomfortable but it's also very exciting and I'm and I'm just I'm just really happy with what's happening right now um apart from this I am on a part-time basis a travel agent and legitimate part-time like literally I'm only right now doing word of mouth bookings so I'm not actively hitting the ground very hard to do it so in a, in a really intangible way, I'm a travel agent too, but um, in a realistic way, in a very tangible way, I am a podcaster full time. And it, it took three and three quarters years, but I'm finally doing the thing that I hoped I would one day be able to do when I first pressed record in, 2020, in 2018. <sighs> 
as I mentioned, I am kind of in it right now. While, while I am very excited about what's happening and excited about some of the things I got to do in April and looking forward to some things that I have coming up in May. Um, it's a very, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. Like emotionally, I, I'm, I'm really having to kind of fake energy to do anything right now. So I'm going to unplug and it's not a hiatus. It's, it's legitimately me going somewhere, um, for five days and turning everything off, um, which I know is going to be tough because, you know, we live on our phones and things like that. So you might see me pop up on social media a little bit, but for the most part, I'm going to be undisclosed. I'm going to not tell people where I'm at and I'm just going to chill out by myself. And um, and I'm going to do that for uh, about a week. And then hopefully I'll come back and hit things really strong. Um, I need to give myself the time that I didn't have during the hiatus to decompress the feelings that I've been, I've been experiencing. Um, but the show must go on and that's why we're back. Even... Even in the midst of the depression, that's why we're back. A um, couple of things that are coming up that I do want to share with y'all before I wrap up. Um, May 20th through the 23rd, I will be back in L.A., back home for uh, the Blasian March. So as you might recall from 2020, Rohan Jolie was the creator of the Blasian March actions that were taking place in New York. Um, over the course of the last two years, they have expanded the Blazer March into multiple actions, mostly in New York, um, and they've been uh, they've been doing speaking engagements, they've been doing articles, they've been writing, they've been having articles written about them. They just recently did a book fest for Blazer March in New York as well. Um, the there is a group of people that wanted to bring the Blazer March into LA and so we are working together as a large group to try to make or not to try to make that to make that happen and so May 20th through the 23rd is when I will be in LA on May 20th while the details aren't set in stone yet May 20th I will be doing a live panel discussion and taping of militantly mix what i don't know yet is if we're going to be set up to stream but i'm hoping that we can figure that out if not uh whatever we record i will end up releasing on a on a on the next episode of militantly mix after i get back from la following my militantly mix panel discussion i will also we will also be doing a a town hall for the trans power rally so that will be taking place after the militantly mixed um, to the best of my knowledge, I, I think there's still some planning happening, but um, after the Militantly Mixed panel will be the town hall. And then on that Saturday, there will be a Blasian March action taking place. Um, they do have a location, but I'm going to wait until the artwork starts being released to, to say where that is. But that, there's going to be a park in Los Angeles that that's going to be taking place at. And then um, I'm going to be doing a couple of things that are Militantly Mixed related, but personal also on the following Sunday. So when we get more details and we nail that stuff down, I'm going to start talking about it on the show and I will post about it on social media as well. But in the meantime, if you're not already doing so, please go onto Instagram and follow Blasian March um, so that you can keep up on what is going on for them. The Blasian March is a black Asian and Blasian solidarity movement. So it is about the intersections between black and a blackness and Asianness. It is also about protecting our trans siblings. And, um, and so we are gathering together as a group to, to try to, um, 
not to try, to actively expand. I need to start changing my language. I say try all the time when I mean it's happening. Um, we are going to be expanding Blazer March from the New York actions into Los Angeles, and then hopefully eventually it'll stop pop, start popping up everywhere. But since I am a native from Los Angeles, I'm that's why I'm participating in the, the Los Angeles actions, even though I live here in Houston now. So I'm really excited to be going back to L.A. so quickly um, because, like I said, it's it's home and I do miss it. And I don't foresee being able to live there again anytime soon or probably ever since I'm with a partner who hates it. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to being in L.A. So if you are in the L.A. area, please consider coming out to the Militantly Mixed panel once we start releasing the information about that on May 20th. Um, you know, come out and meet me in person so that I can start to see faces of, of people who listen to the show. Um, but also there will be former guests of the show that will be present at that panel. So you'll get to see them in person as well. Um, and then just come out and support the Black, Asian, and Blasian solidarity movement because the intersections of these groups, we all suffer from the same forms of oppression and white supremacy is the thing that we are fighting. So solidarity movements are very important. And um, the way I feel the most equipped to enter that's those types of spaces is through black Asian solidarity, um, more specifically and mixedness more broadly. So I, I hope y'all will consider coming out if you're, if you're in the LA area, uh, when we do that action, let's see what is else June. I'm still working on some stuff, so I can't talk about anything specific in June, uh, July here in Houston, I will be just attending. I'm not presenting or doing anything, but I'll just be in cosplay and nerding out at comic Palooza. So if you're in the Houston area and you want to be nerdy with me, um, you know, follow me on social media and maybe we'll connect at Comic Palooza. In August, I will be at Podcast Movement, which is a major um, podcasting conference taking place this year will, or this summer will be in Dallas, followed by Dragon Con in Atlanta in September, which is a dream. I have wanted to go to Dragon Con forever. Again, I am not presenting. I am just going to be a nerd at Dragon Con. Um, but as of right now, we are in planning phases to have a live discussion taping of Militantly Mix in Atlanta the, uh, the first week of September. So as we're putting things like that together, details will come. But if you are in the Atlanta area and you would like to keep up on whether or not we're going to be able to pull this off in Atlanta, first of all, I need to know that y'all are out there because Atlanta is one of my top six cities that I receive downloads in. I need to know if you're living in Atlanta and or the Atlanta area and I'm going to be there in September, will you come out to watch a live taping of Militantly Mixed? Um, hit me up on the Twitters or the Instagrams or the email, uh, Charmaine at MilitantlyMixed.com, S as in Sam, H-A-R-M as in Mary, A-N as in Nancy, E at MilitantlyMixed.com and let me know if you would be up for attending that event. Um, and maybe I'll put up sign-up sheet, too, so I can start sending out information because we are going to release an Evite for that or what's it called, an e Eventbrite for that um, once we get a little bit further along. So it is my goal over the course of 2022 and 2023 to start booking live tapings in the various cities that oh, we get the highest downloads in. So if you're in those cities, um, which right now is predominantly Los Angeles, uh, Seattle, Chicago, Toronto, New York, Philadelphia, 
Cleveland, no, no, Columbus, 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 Ohio, and Atlanta. Those right now are my biggest cities, biggest downloaded cities. Not even Houston, not, not Austin, nowhere in Texas, but L.A., Seattle, Chicago, Toronto, Philadelphia, Columbus, New York, and Atlanta. If you're in any of those cities and you'd be interested in having a live taping or attending a live taping of Militantly Mixed, holla at your main and let me know because that is going to help us plan the future tour that will be coming hopefully in a real way in 2023 um but we're we're doing two live events um this year in 2022 and we're gonna we're gonna make this shit happen y'all military mix is growing and expanding and as so are my other shows blurred comics is uh still on tuesdays we record live and we now stream both on facebook and youtube so if you haven't already done so uh, we're still trying to claim our blurred comics vanity handle on youtube uh we have like 30 more people we need to subscribe so that we can claim that so head on over to youtube and search for blurred comics b-l-e-r-d-c-o-m-i-x-e-d and hit that subscribe button because once we hit 100 i'll be able to claim that channel and it'll be a lot easier for me to share uh, but you can watch us live comment whatever we engage if, if you're on there uh, but we tape that every Tuesday at 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 uh, Central. And then the, the audio from that episode drops in podcaster, or on the podcast on Thursdays. Uh, By Furious is going to be coming back, but I am in a planning phase for a very special series. So I'm going to be doing a series on polyamory um, laced in the middle of other episodes. So there will be regular episodes of By Furious, and there will also be a special series uh, dedicated to polyamory. Uh, so that is going to be happening probably closer to June than May um, because I'm in I'm in talks with people right now to get them on the show. And then the last thing that I was going to share, gosh, I, I really said I was about to wrap up and then I went by, I went like 15 more minutes, so we're going to do this. Um, the last thing I'm planning on sharing is that before I went on hiatus, I had mentioned that I was starting a new show that was going to air in May called Determined Departers. It was going to be about my future expat journey to transition outside of the U.S. Um, artwork made, uh, you know, uh, applied to for the podcast to be available on, U on uh, in, uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts and things. Like, started planning, started recording with people already. And then guess what happened? Putin decided to start a war with Ukraine. U.S. got involved in the way that we get involved. And so now a whole bunch of countries... <laughs> have blocked Americans from being able to move there. So if you're already there, you're there unless they have an extra, unless they kick you out. But, um, of, of the handful of countries that myself and my co-host shenanigans were looking to move to majority of those have said that there is a current, uh, moratorium on accepting Americans to move to those countries. So we've had to reevaluate what our plan is going to be because if we can't move to some of the places that we were considering moving, we don't want to just go anywhere for the sake of leaving. So I'm putting a pin in Determined Departers. And what we're actually going to do instead, shenanigans in me, is we are starting a different podcast, which is also going to be travel-minded, but specifically with a, a focus on uh, queerness. So we will be starting a new show, which I will name after we get our artwork finalized and everything like that. We know the name of the show, but I'm not sharing it yet. Um, 
Although I think it's searchable. I think you'd I think you'd figure it out. But we're starting a new show about traveling while queer, while POC, in my case, not in shenanigans, please, uh, while disabled and or any intersection of, of those things. Um, so what we're trying to do is, is uh, seek out ways in which it is uh, safe and accessible to travel while queer, while disabled, and while POC. I am representing the POC queers. Shenanigans is representing uh, the cis white queer <laughs> queers. Um, and then we both have a specific interest in trying to find out about accessibility in travel, um, both for things that we're dealing with in the future, um, things that we have friends and loved ones that are dealing with. Uh, and so will probably be traveling mostly local or in fact I will probably do it be doing most of the travel and um, we will basically put together uh, something not unlike the green book but in podcast form for people that are trying to travel safely as queer or disabled folks uh, so that'll come out probably we're looking closer to June now, maybe July, uh, because I've, I have to kind of revamp some of the, um, audio I've already taken recorded and, um, and then I have to start traveling too. So I haven't really been anywhere but LA yet. I'm about to start traveling over the course of this month. And so we, we actually need footage and things like that before we get into it. So. I probably shouldn't have talked about Determined Departers before I went on hiatus, but I was so excited about it and I needed guests that I started to talk about it. But shout out to people starting wars for stupid reasons um, that has a pin in it until such time as I am going to be able to restart my living outside of the country journey. Uh, so yeah, exciting things. Main Hustle Media is expanding. I am now... Um, going to be managing the four podcasts on a weekly and regular basis and I'm finally going to have it's still going to be the busiest mixed race bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom and two-time Asian American Podcast Association's Golden Crane Award winner but the difference is that the busy that I am doing is entirely podcasting and traveling at this point so that is dope okay I think that's all I got in me. Um, that was a long time to keep my energy up. And like I said, I am fairly depleted. So I'm going to go take um, a nap. <laughs> and, well, in a different order. I'm going to make a cup of tea. I'm going to relax. I'm going to take a nap. And um, you will hear from me again next week with the fourth, I believe it's the fourth, uh, episode of The Mixed Auntie Confidential Teresa and I will be coming back to talk about some spicy topics within mixedness. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Mix Auntie Confidential newsletter that um, is is written by and managed by Teresa. It's it's her thing. It is mixedauntie.substack.com. Uh, the recent articles that she's put out about mixedness has been like incredible. So please subscribe to that. There is a free option and then also a paid option where you get a little bit more information. Um, I am going to have a link to the show notes in that as well for that as well. Um, so support your mixed auntie and follow her blog. And, um, as I always say, don't forget to be your mixed ass.
selves. Peace, y'all. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.